He is risen. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to try something. I'm going to say he is risen. And then you're going to say he is risen indeed. Okay? You ready? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, that was awesome. Let's do it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you so much for joining us this morning as we celebrate the resurrected king. My name is Mike Smith, and I'm on the pastoral team at MVF. And I just wanted to point out a couple things to you. First, if you have any empty seats in your rows, I would ask that you would squeeze together up on the end because we're anticipating a full house. The inside the bulletins that we gave you is a connect card. We would love to connect with you after today. So please take that. And if you haven't filled one of those out with us before, please fill it out. And then at the end of the service, we're going to have a time of offering and you can just drop that in the offering plate. We are anticipating an awesome service. Thanks again for being here, and God bless. There is none righteous. No, not one. But our iniquities have separated us from our God. Now, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness was over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened. Truly, these times of ignorance God has overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has ordained a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has appointed. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Who is this King of glory? He is the image of the invisible God, the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He upholds all things by the word of his power. And although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be held on to. But he emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And although we were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet now he has reconciled us in his fleshly body through death that he might present us before the Father holy and blameless and beyond reproach. 
When we were dead in our transgressions and in the uncircumcision of our flesh, he made us alive together with him, having forgiven all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt which was hostile toward us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Those in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Please stand with me. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands and they were saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and wisdom and riches and honor and might and glory and blessing and every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all things in them i heard saying to him who sits on the throne unto the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Who is this King of glory? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hey, we are glad that you're here and thanks so much for coming out today and being a part of this with us. I thank you for being patient and putting up with, I know some of the parking was difficult for people and just a lot of logistic things. So <clears throat> thanks for putting up with that and and being able to make it here today. We are really excited. And I, before I get going, I want to just thank, we have such a great team of staff and volunteers that did so much work uh, just to make this all come together. And uh, from the cross to the, didn't the worship team sound awesome? And the greeters and the parking and the sound. Um, so thank you, everyone. And we want to thank the Zerma as well for working with us. Um, we're really excited for two reasons today. One, today is Resurrection Sunday. Today is what it's all about. This is why we do what we do. This is what MVF is all about. And this is what this is the most important day in the life of a Christ follower. It all comes down to the fact that Jesus is alive, and that is why we are here. So thank praise God for that. And the second thing we're excited about is. Best that we can tell, now we might talk to some people and find out differently otherwise, but from everyone we've talked to and, and some little research we've done, today is kind of an important day in history, at least for this area, because today marks, by this gathering, the largest number of Christ-centered, gospel-focused, grace-based people gathered together to worship the name of Jesus ever assembled in the Wasatch County or maybe even the Wasatch back. So, and that is exciting to be able, for, to be, be able to be a part of something like that in the name of Jesus is awesome. So, so thank you for being here. And we are going to talk today about the power of the resurrection. So let's pray and we'll start. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for everything you have done for us. That God, there's, there's no way we will ever be able to say thank you enough. There's no way we will ever be able to repay. And yet you don't ask us to. You simply ask us to trust you. And what an amazing message that is, God. And what an amazing 
freedom that comes from that. And yet, God, it's also something that draws us to you, that draws us to want to be in your presence, to want to know you more. And so, God, as we just continue through this this morning, I pray that your spirit would work and you would open hearts to your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to start by just being very vulnerable in front of all of you and uh, really just sharing one of my biggest weaknesses um, because I just feel like that's a good place to start. And um, That's ice cream. And uh, many of you know that. If you know me, you know I, I, I just, I love ice cream. I, I can have... I can have the best day, you know, get up and go to the gym and get a great workout in, uh, eat healthy all day. But if I go somewhere and there's ice cream, man, I just fall apart. It's like kryptonite. I just get weak. I, I, I'm like, that's where I end, right? And I, I just can't do it. In fact, the other day I was, I was sitting at home and I was thinking, you know, it'd be sweet. Oh, man, I just started getting that craving, you know, like 930 hits, right? When you should just go to bed, right? But you start thinking, oh, and I, I get some ice cream. But there's never any ice cream in the house because everyone knows, right? So I, but I thought, well, maybe there's something. I go up and I go to the freezer and I pull out kind of basically the holy grail of ice cream. Uh, the <laughs> the uh, Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. And it was in there and I'm like, that's amazing. Someone, thank you, Jesus, right? And, but, but I pulled it out and this thing, and if you're in the back, you probably can't see this, but this is on there. And I'm like, what is it? It's an ice cream lock. Who does that? That is just, it's sick and wrong in just so many ways. And turns out Hannah has, they, people know my affinity for ice cream. So someone got her this lock so she can keep ice cream. But whoever made this is not very smart because a knife cuts through one of these like that. So good luck, Hannah. You know, and we can laugh and joke about a weakness like that, but the truth is we all have weaknesses that go far deeper than that. We all have weaknesses that are serious in our life, weaknesses that we, we just feel like we're never going to overcome it, that we feel like no matter how hard we try, we just, we're stuck. Weaknesses that feel like we're, we just can never change that in our life. And today I want to talk to you about where the true power of change comes from, where the true power to overcome comes from, for the true power to be transformed from the inside out comes from. And that's the power of the resurrection through Christ. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1. If you've got one of your handouts there, it should be there. Um, it should be on the screen here too. Ephesians chapter 1. This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus, and he's or writing to the church in Ephesus. He says this, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He goes on, the whole thing is, oh, there we go, in his holy people. That, the, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the, from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. You see, what Paul is saying there is, he's saying to the people, he's saying, I, my prayer for you is that your, the eyes of your heart would be open." that you might realize the hope that is available to each and every one of you through Christ and the resurrection. And that message was as, as important today as it was back then. In fact, I don't know about you, but it's easy to look around this world and start to feel hopeless. It's easy to look around the things that go on and feel like it's, it's not worth going on. 
But I want to tell you today that the resurrection is power of hope. The resurrection is the power of hope. Paul wants us to see that here. And it's easy in our life to feel hopeless. Not even just with the world in general, but even in our own personal lives. We get so many negative messages spoken into our life. So many things that we think, I'm not good enough. Because people are always telling us and things are always happening around us that tell us you're not smart enough, you're never going to measure up, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not wealthy enough, you're not skinny enough. And we begin to believe those negative messages that just feed our life. Studies have been shown to, to look at the physiological aspects of what happens in our bodies when we hear the word no, just hearing the word no. And scientists have shown that we, we automatically have kind of a physiological reaction of tension when we hear no. I, I remember I had a job uh, in college. I sold Cutco cutlery. Some of you have either done that or, or purchased some. And uh, I did it for about two years. Most people do it for a couple months and they stop. I liked, I really loved it, loved everything about the job except one part. And that was for about two hours a week, I had to make cold calls. And I had to set up my appointments. And I remember I would have to work myself up to do that. And when I was done, just with one hour, I was exhausted. Why? Because for every two to three appointments I set up, I had to hear people say no and reject me like 20 times. And it was so silly. They didn't even know me. I was never going to see them. But even that, the reaction it caused. And yet so many of us live in that kind of sense of hopelessness and despair because we hear so many negative messages. And the problem is we've also begun to believe those messages about ourselves. And sadly, many people see God as just one more source of those negative messages. Many people see God as just up there kind of just saying, you're, you're never going to be good enough. You, you're not working hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. You're never, you're never going to measure up. Look at those people. They're better than you. They do it so much better than you. You think you're going to be okay? And that's kind of how we see God. But that's not God. That's not God. God doesn't speak no into your life. God speaks yes into your life. God wants you to have the power of hope in your life. In fact, in just a couple weeks, I'm going to take a step back here. In just a couple weeks, we are going to start a new series at MVF called Are You In? And this series is going to be all focused on looking at the hope that God has for every one of us and how he wants us to be, take responsibility for sharing that hope with the world around us. See, at MVF, we're committed to sharing the power, the power of Christ with as many people as possible. And through that power, MVF has seen some really amazing things happen over the last few years. But we believe that God is getting us ready to take some big faith steps. And we're going to ask everybody, are you in? We're going to ask everyone, if you're ready to say yes to what God has for you, if you're ready to say yes to the adventures that God has in store for us as we get ready to bring hope to more and more people throughout the Wasatch back and beyond. So we want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. And yet, Today, though, there are many of us here that are just living in hopelessness by ourselves. 
We're not ready to bring hope to anyone else because we are living in hopelessness. And if that's you, I want you to know that Jesus died to bring you hope. He died to bring you new life. God isn't up there telling you no, like religion would tell you. God is telling you yes. And God believes in you more than anyone else. God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. But that's hard for us to believe at times. Because we get stuck. We get stuck in our past. We get stuck in our sin. And we allow that stuff to hold us back. We allow it to define us. But you know, the resurrection is the power over sin. The resurrection is the power over sin. Romans 6.23 tells us this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you living in a failure? Are you living, allowing a sin or something from the past to define you? Or maybe it's not something from the past. Maybe it's something right now in your life. Maybe it's a hidden sin. Maybe it's, a, it's something you're going through right now. You're saying, but this is who I am. I, don't know. I, I can't break free of it. I don't have the strength. I'm weak. And you're allowing that failure to define you. But here's the good news. God doesn't define you by what you did. God defines you by what he's done. God doesn't define you by what he did. He defines you by what he's done. You know, when I think of this, I think of Peter. If you know the story of Peter, Peter was one of the Jesus' disciples. Not only one of the disciples, he was kind of one of his right-hand men. He was as close to Jesus as it got. But I love Peter, and I've always identified with Peter because Peter was someone who was very passionate. And in his passion, he did great things for God, but in his passion, he also blew it big time. He also made a lot of really big mistakes. And I'm reminded of Mark chapter 14 through Mark chapter 16, and I'm just going to paraphrase some things that happened there. This is the recording of the night that Jesus was betrayed and all the way through the resurrection. But in chapter 14, we see that on the night that he was to be betrayed, he had all the disciples together and they were having their last supper. And he, he, said, tonight, he said, all of you are going to forsake me. Every one of you is going to leave me. And Peter says, no, not me, Lord. Even though everyone else will leave you, I will never leave you. And I imagine Peter thinking, Jesus, you don't know. I've got your back. I will always be there for you. No matter how much anyone else loves you, I love you twice as much. But sure enough, that night, Jesus was arrested, and he was taken to court. And when he was arrested, all the other disciples fled, except for Peter. Peter followed close behind. And as he followed close behind, I kind of imagined him kind of thinking, see, I told you, I told you, they're all losers, but not me, right? I, I'm, I've got your back. And he gets close, they're at court, and Jesus is in the court, and, and there's a bunch of people gathered, and while Jesus is being tried, people begin to recognize Peter, and someone says, hey, aren't you one of his disciples? He's like, he starts to get afraid, and he says, um, no, that's not me. And later on, 
Someone else asks him, hey, weren't you with Jesus? And he says, no, no, that, that, you're thinking of someone else. Finally, someone asks him again, weren't you with Jesus? No, yeah, you were, you're one of his disciples. I know you. And, G and Peter says, no, you, I, I don't know him. And then right away, he felt shame. Because you see, after Peter had told Jesus, I will never leave you, Jesus had said, Peter, this very night, not only are you going to deny me, you're going to deny me three times tonight. And as soon as he said that, the shame and the guilt hit, and he ran, and he hid. And I think how sad it would be if the story ended there. It would be a, it would be a horrible story. We, Peter may never have gone on to do anything. He, knowing the kind of person he was, he probably would have lived in that shame and that guilt for the rest of his life. He would have allowed that moment to define him. Not only did he, deny, did he turn his back on his best friend, he denied his Lord. After saying, God, you, Lord, you don't know me. I, I will never leave. I'm, I'm the man. And he blew it. Huge. But thank God that's not where the story ends. Thank God there's more to the story than that. On Resurrection Sunday, the very first one, two women were going to the tomb to visit the body of Jesus. And when they did, we know, right? They saw that the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, and there was an angel there. And Mark chapter 16 records that the angel said to them, Jesus is not here, he has risen. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. And Peter. And I've always loved those two words, and Peter. Why? Because I see that as Jesus' way of saying, Hey, make sure Peter knows I still love him. Hey, I know Peter, and he's feeling really shameful and really guilty right now, and he's feeling like there's no purpose in going on. He feels like I'm done with him. Make sure he knows I am not done with him. I have just begun with him. And I have so much more in store for him. Make sure he knows I do not define him by what he did. I define him by what I have done. And each and every one of us needs to hear that. Each and every one of us needs to know that if we trust in Jesus, he will not define us by what we did. He defines us by what he has done if we trust in him. And finally, the resurrection is the power over death. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. He who believes in me will live. Now, when he says believes in me, he's not talking about believing like you believe that Abraham Lincoln was president. Yeah, I believe. I believe Jesus did all those things. I believe, believe all that stuff happened. No, that's not what he means. He's saying, do you trust in me? If you trust in me, you will live. And that's what he's asking of us. And he says, if you do that, you will have eternal life. But we get so caught up in the minutia of this world. We get so caught up in the little things of this world. And you know, this entire life in the scheme of eternity, it's a blip. It's a blip on the screen. 
It's nothing. And yet we, we're holding on to all of it. We hold on to all these distractions. We hold on to all these things that keep us from Him. We hold on to our dysfunction and our sin. We hold on to our addictions and, and all of our failures. We, we hold on to these things and we say, yeah, but I've, I've got to keep these. These make me who I am. And he says, no, trust me because I have new life for you. You see, on the day that Jesus went to the cross, on that road to the cross, as he was going to give his life, he stepped over all of our sins. He stepped over all of our fears. He stepped over all of our failures and all of our dysfunctions and all of our addictions and all of our brokenness. And he went to the cross for us. He went to the cross for you and me. And as he hung on that cross, before he gave his last breath, he said three words. He said, it is finished. It is finished. What? What's finished? Well, if you trust in him, your hopelessness, it is finished. If you trust in him, your sin, it is finished. If you trust in him, that thing that you allow to define you, it is finished. If you trust in him, your, your brokenness, it is finished. If you trust in him, it is finished. And you have new life if you give your life to him. Amen. So this morning, I just want to ask us, are we trusting in him? My hope is that each and every one of us might let go of all the things that we hold on to, all these little things that we're, we're holding on to down here, that we would let go of them and grab on to his hand that we might have the power of new life, of power over sin, and the power of hope in our life. And it only comes through letting go and holding on to him. So this morning, I'll ask you this, and I'm going to close with this. Do you know him? Do you really know him? See, there's a big difference between believing, believing that it happened, believing that he existed, and really knowing him. And you can't trust him if you don't know him. If I don't know you, I don't trust you. If I know you, I can build trust. We have to know Jesus if we're really going to trust him. Do you know him? Do you know that power of transformation? Do you know the power to be able to overcome? Do you know the power to lift you in your weakness? Do you know the power to overcome the life, to overcome the sin? Because it only comes through knowing him. And in just a minute, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, the worship team's going to continue forward and uh, they're going to continue playing a couple more songs. But I want to encourage you, during that time, while they're playing those songs, if, if you feel that you don't know him, if, you're, if, you, if you know in your heart that, you know, I know about him, but I don't really know him, when I'm done praying, I'm going to ask you to make your way either to the back or outside here. And we will have people with these lanyards on that say event staff. 
And they would love to pray with you. And they would love to help you find those, take those first couple steps that will guide you in to coming to know him. So I'll pray. And then afterwards, as they're playing, if at any point while they're playing, you want to make that decision, I'm going to ask you just to make your way out of your row and make your way back in the aisle or to the side in the aisle and let someone pray for you. You know, Jesus says if you don't acknowledge him before men, he can't acknowledge you before his father. So if we're unwilling to take such a small, simple step, how can we say we really trust him? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your truth. God, I thank you for the gospel. God, I ask that you would just work in our hearts. God, I thank you for the hope that you bring in our lives. God, there are people in this room that are feeling hopeless right now, that are feeling like they, do, they don't have the strength to continue. God, I pray that they would be reminded that the strength isn't coming from them, but it can come from you. God, there are people that feel stuck in sin or they feel like an old sin is defining them. God, I pray that they would turn it over to you. They would trust you and they would know you. God, we, I thank you. We just thank you for, for bringing us together today, that we can celebrate together as one the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection and ultimately your power and that you receive all the glory in it. In Jesus' name.